Razzle Radical, get your ass up to go get it. I'm your host, Mike Man, and I'm back with another episode of The Hottest. Things smoking, rap away, TV the podcast. You know how he does it. Flame them if you have them. Biggest of backwoods burning. Go ahead, push the subscribe button when it's loud, let it loud, circle forming because of COVID. You know I'm not passing you shit. You punch that notification bell, we got a circle. You get over there with your backyard boogie, your pin ass blood, you do what you do, but yo. Do you. It's been a very interesting and eventful last few weeks. One thing I do recall myself mentioning few weeks back, after the death of PNB Rock, before the death of PNB Rock, when we lost Dolph, I said there was going to be another notable name to go. People can chalk that shit up as the universe or things happening, but the death of Takeoff from the Migos is, you know, that's one that you got to scratch your fucking head on. Like, really. And if it's coming to the point, me personally thinking, if it's coming to the point where they taking out motherfuckers who really don't fuck with nobody, bruh, it might be time to revamp or rework or redo this shit because, you know, overall, just thinking and looking at it, bruh, niggas ain't gonna make it. Niggas ain't gonna make it. And there is a story that I wanna share about my own personal rap career one night that some shit could have been very detrimental to me or another family. Like, at the start of, like, the rappers getting into a lot of shit, basically just kicking up dust, some kicking up dust to get clout, some really about that some defending themselves or whatever. Whatever the case may be. I started to notice an uptick in it. I was at a show. This is how serious I knew this shit was going to get. I was at an open mic event in Dallas. at a club that weeks, almost if not the following week, a shooting went down. I think it was a couple of weeks out. But being in that space, in that venue, you can see how some shit could transpire and you'll wonder to yourself how. Now, it ain't no how, it's just, 
bro. To sum it all up, they had a fucking side door to the venue where anybody could just slipped in that motherfucker. Like they had somebody that was kind of like watching the door, but shit, say for instance, he wants to go get a drink or go to the bathroom. Door is unattended and a couple of times that motherfucker was unattended, especially after my performance, I was able to step out the side. So you can see how, you know, motherfucker can come up in there with something not going through the front where security is patting you down and, you know, bypass security and get in here with a gun and just shoot the motherfucker up. And that's what happened. I don't know verbatim if that's the actual steps as to what happened, but I'm not saying that because I don't know. I'm just saying you can see how that shit can happen. Me being in that venue, yeah, I can see how that shooting took place. Now, the fucked up part about the uptick in the, you know, rappers being targeted shit. Me, yeah, I want my little chains and whatnot. Go out to all my venues. I'm no, most likely solo dono. Like all my performances I went to, it's not like I'm coming in with an entourage of people. There have there were a few where I had people, you know, that fuck with me that showed up in tow or whatever. But I'm not like arriving to the venue with a throng of people. I only did that shit like once, twice. Once for my birthday. You know, my, my wife threw a surprise birthday party and performance at Trinity River off of South Lamar down there. That's before they put the bridge up and shit. But yeah, that's when my boy Kundalini, rest in peace, Kundalini was alive and you know, he was my guest DJ and he's the one that orchestrated everything. So I was always grateful for him for doing it and for rocking with me as far as putting me on shows. He's the one that really got me on a lot of the shows I was able to perform on. But after he died, you know, you saw how shit because I'm, I ain't gonna even lie, Coon would sit up and tell me stories about the Dallas hip hop scene and this and that. And one thing he would tell me, he was like, look here, bro, I see you doing your thing. And I see how you come to the shows and you on the front row or right up in the front or main one up there supporting other artists. Because I was, I mean, I was showing love to everybody because we was on a show together, you know, I, I want you to know, bro, shit, I'm, if I like your shit, I'm gonna fuck with you. And shit, if you wanna network and all this and that and the other, yeah. Some, it got to a point, like, when Coon was alive, that shit was, you know, I ain't saying he was the peacekeeper, but in a way, looking at it now, it almost was like he was a peacekeeper or a, a person that can bring a group of people 
people together from all different sides of the city, whether they banging or not, or just regular old Joes, and put them on shows and, you know, possibly promote them. Like, one thing he would do is get these first class ass flyers printed up. And that was, like, he was the first one that put me on the flyer, bro. Like, my picture, me, my name, just, I'm gonna be here performing. And he gave me thousands of those motherfuckers to pass out for free. Like, I think a couple of times I would, you know, I asked him like, bro, if I gotta give you anything for this, yeah. And I shoot him a few dollars or whatever, or whatever I need to pay to uh, secure my spot. Normally it was no more than like $50 or some shit like that. But you will pay that shit because, you know, he was doing all this shit on, on his own. But to get to the story, like, is after he passed, me still trying to continue to do shows, you know, it was to a point where I had to, because I ain't gonna lie, every show I went to when Coon was alive, whether he was, whether, one thing I'll say about him, whether he was the DJ or not, he was there. Like shit, he was already managing uh, Tico and had other artists and shit that he was fucking with. And I think he, he that's how I found out about Absolute, female rapper here in Dallas. You know, cause he would put her on a lot of shows too. You know, he put me on a show with uh, opening up for Quint Black, you know, woo, shake them haters off. I got to sit there and chop it up with Quint Black. After my performance, him telling me, bro, you got something, keep it going. Got his number and everything, like, bro, that was one of the, the best nights of my life as far as the artist, but anyway, back to the story. When Coon died, like I said, I had to, well, I was still performing. You know, I had to find the shows and book them myself. Because, like I said, when he was alive, mostly, if it was a show that he was on or a show he knew of, he would either get my name in there for me or if it's a show he doing, sign me up. All I gotta say is, yeah, I'm I'm coming. And I'm in the lineup, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, we've had some some nice ass shows. We had uh, like standing room only type crowds up in there. So Coon used to do that shit, man. But I had to find the venues on my own after he died and one fucked up part about that was me having to go into areas that, you know, are starting to get bad in Dallas. And I ended up booking a show. I think this was like weeks after he died too. 
after the funeral and everything, but I booked the show. No, I have my little camera. I go up in the show, I perform, and you know, like Coon told me, like I was, was alluding to the story earlier when Coon told me about when you know, you know, when I'm standing up in the front of the crowd supporting other artists. He, he, one thing he told me one night was, "Look, bro," because I would talk on the phone with him, like actually have conversations with him and shit for hours. Like, bro, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to really. I was wanting to be a part of his camp and what he was doing and you know at the same time he was like yo can't really promise you nothing you know you know if I'm a manager you gotta get paid and all that shit and that's understandable because this was business and you know but one thing he would put me on the shows he would put me on the shows, no ifs, ands, or but, along with his artists. Like, almost all my shows I did with Kuhn, Chico, was there. But he would tell me, he'd be like, look here, bro. I see you doing your thing, and I see you like to support. But one thing you gotta realize, some of these people, after, when you perform, they talking or moving around or going in and out, some leaving. Like really, some not, some are, you know, supporting you, but you'll have that shit like, oh, who is this nigga? I don't know this nigga. Motherfucking crowds walk off. I, I done had that shit happen a few times. But uh, he was like, bro, after you perform, you know, I can see if you been here early because a lot of the shows he did, I'm there early. Like, bro, I want to see who all coming up in this motherfucker. Plus, I want to get a good-ass parking spot so, you know, I can be able to get in, get out, step outside, smoke, whatever. Be cool. Had a lot of networking going on out there in the parking lots and shit, in the smoking section and shit. Like, that shit used to be popping, but after Coon died, Seemed like that shit kind of went away. You had people try to step in and fill the road of promoters for the underground, but you know, he was in some dicey situations. So, long story short, I performed at a venue. I got my little chains on, got my camera in there because I used to try to get footage of everything and try to, you know, for my little YouTube promotions and my little videos I was putting on social media and all that. So, um, you know, I performed, I sat there, had a couple drinks, watching the show, supporting the artists after I performed, getting ready to leave the venue. There's one dude outside, like I'm walking out, he just like mugging me staring at me like his fucking eyes are just buck just looking at me as if I slapped his mama or some shit I'm like whoa what the fuck that's what I'm thinking I'm, but I'm blocking eyes on his ass I'm looking at him just like he looking at me eyeball eyeball I'm like what's up bro 
exactly what I said to him. What's up? He said, hey, man, you got some change? I said, nah, bro, I don't carry no cash on me. Motherfucker, I'm walking. This is right after I pass him, but I'm still, my eyes still turn toward him, right? I still turn toward him. I'm looking at this motherfucker. He's looking at me. He started following me. Walking up behind me. I'm like, bro, what's up? He's like, man, you ain't got nothing? I was like, shit, bro, what's up? I told you I ain't got shit. What's up? He's like, shit, none. I kept walk. I saw walking. He started walking too. I'm like, bro, look here. I just told you I ain't got shit, so uh, I don't see what the fuck you following me for. Unbeknownst to him, keep in mind the situation I mentioned earlier where a gun was snuck into a club, shot up afterwards. Afterwards. After, you know, weeks of me performing there. I took it upon myself to be like, yo, I ain't finna be caught like Hence, the reason for me bringing the camera bag. Strap inside the camera bag. Like security didn't thoroughly check when I first came in. But that motherfucker in the camera bag. I'm walking up out of there like, bro, you better get the fuck on for you get your ass lit the fuck up right here, right now. Able to walk to my car. That motherfucker turned around when I said that. But he kept looking at me and I kept looking at his ass and just walked to the car. Like shit, that could have been a dicey situation because where I was parked, you know, I'm coming around the corner to get to my shit. It's on the corner of the building, but still, it could have been motherfuckers right there. But yeah, that shit made me kind of rethink, you know. If I couldn't really get a few motherfuckers to roll with me to a show, then shit. Can't really do this solo double shit for long. Or else I'm gonna end up getting hurt or having to hurt somebody. But yeah, I could see how the uptick was coming. And shit, nigga had to move differently or make some better decisions. And that's what the fuck I did. But, you know, this is Rapper Week TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Man, MBMT all day. You stay tuned. We're talking about it, bro. Whoa now, whoa now, this is Dane, aka Mike Man, host of Bruh, Run That Clock, the podcast, and Rapper Wee TV, the podcast, going up on Spotify, wherever you listen to music and or podcast, check in with us, man, lock in with us, bro, we going up, 2022 and 2023, new season, season three, baby, fuck with your boy, chill.
back, Rapper Week TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Man, MBMG, all day, yeah. Just alluding to a situation where I was about to basically light somebody ass up, or maybe some harm could have came to me. Leaving the venue one day, I was performing. Walk into the car, dude follows me, asking me what I got and all this and that. I tell his ass, hey, better back the fuck up. Yes, I reached inside the camera bag. I had my hand on that motherfucker. Like, keep in mind, I'm in an area where it gets dicey after dark. Hell, it gets dicey in the daytime. <laughs> Fucked up part about this area that I once lived in. When I first moved down with my sister, she stayed right across the highway. The neighborhood right there in Aldea. Yeah. But that shit could have got dicey. Could have got real dangerous. I'm only saying that just because, you know, I saw the uptick and the violence and shit. And me being solo dolo at a lot of my functions or going to a lot of these venues. Like, I've been to venues where shit popped off. Or was about to pop off. Shit, I've been to venues where it's been crowded. Venues where it's scarce. But still, shit happens everywhere. But this shit would take off, bro, with that. Me personally, I didn't want to create content for the mere fact that I'm a fan and I ain't trying to make it seem like I'm capitalizing on his death or anything. But, you know, people gonna talk about shit, especially the black community. And one thing, it, it fucks me up, like, we really don't see We really don't see the division that a lot of us cause and keep up and choose to basically comment or do whatever, say whatever, and feel like they're entitled to that. But the case being that you really basically just inflaming the situation, bro. Like, people that comment on other people's thoughts about takeoff's death or anybody's death, oh, you don't know them, blah, 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 and all this and that shit, bro. Uh, if you bought this record, you follow them on social media, because everything is for the cameras now, for the gram, for social media. I mean, yeah, you, you might know them a little bit from what you see. You know, you know, you have those true fans that damn you know they fucking morning routine. How many times he's going to shake after he piss, what he's eating for breakfast, what he's drinking when he wants to just cool out after a workout or whatever. Some people know all that shit, but, you know. But for the human race to be 
that damn condescending and fucking hypocritical for one. Like, say for instance, your loved one dies. I don't know you, but I'm a friend of yours. I really didn't meet you, your loved one that died, but I give my condolences. I give my condolences. But I don't know these folks. You know? So, what's the, what's the difference if somebody comments on a celebrity's death? You ain't gotta know them. Hell, it's death. And then the cause and the reason and all that shit, like that's a whole, you know, a whole nother topic of discussion that, you know, I feel like I don't really want to touch on because I don't know no facts. The internet and social media and everybody's going to tell us and speculate. Like academics, he damn near implicated somebody who probably, yeah, he was maybe involved, but bruh, in retaliation or in defense. You got other motherfuckers pinpointing who the actual shooter is. My thing is, social media got all that with the social media detectives. Like I told y'all, the court of social media reigns supreme. That motherfucker don't never close. They got private investigators, special detectives, all that shit. I told y'all that shit. And if it's somebody near and dear to them, oh yeah, they own it. Take off. Bro, when I heard that shit, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck is going on? Somebody that, whether I know him or not, or anybody know him, just going by what everybody else sees and says and knows, and that's going to be trickled down and into information for the mass public or his fan base or fan base of the Migos in general. Bruh. Like, come on. What the fuck is we doing? Bad enough this shit happened. Like, I ain't even speculate where and all that shit. You, you know where it happened, but I'm just saying. Bro. That shit ain't... <laughs> it ain't nothing to really wrap your head around. Like, question is why? That's it. Why? Like, bro, like, like I said, I saw the uptick that night because I knew I was like, bro, either you gonna have to become very creative with ways to get your shit up in here to some of these heavily secure places the motherfuckers are gonna thoroughly check your bag but yeah 
You gotta try to get that shit up in there somehow. And I ain't trying to get caught up trying to go up in and perform and sneak motherfucking pistol up in there. Or Glock, whatever. Like, bro. Like, this shit is getting, yeah, to that point. That's, that's not one. That's just one, you know, instance that made me, you know, kind of slow up. It made me slow up on the performing, but the music part never stopped. Like, shit, I still, still creating. And I went out every now and then when I knew the venue was well secured and all that shit. But, bro, it get, it get dicey in some of those situations as a rapper. And but the new new school, the new classes, bro. Y'all gonna have to change some shit, bro. This shit got to stop. Like I ain't trying to preach and all this shit because y'all know better. You know, motherfuckers know. You came into this shit knowing that rap was just entertainment. You're doing it to get other people to like you. You're trying to entertain them with your words over music. Entertainment. Now, yeah, motherfuckers gonna try to hit licks and, you know, jiggle motherfuckers. And that's one reason, you know, I had to rethink shit. But bro, these new motherfuckers, y'all gonna have to move better, man, and maintain some kind of damn decorum and self-discipline and overall goddamn empathy and sympathy for humanity. Like, motherfuckers, it's even hitting the legs, bro. What the fuck is you doing? My thing, like you would pray on a, a rapper for that instant lick right then and there. Yeah, it's probably gonna net you pretty penny, but you ain't thinking about a lot of shit. You just thinking about the action, what you gonna potentially come up on. But you ain't thinking about how you gonna move the shit, how it's gonna garner you more money. Like, you take that shit to a pawn shop. Yeah, it might be some in the hood that might take that shit, but you ain't gonna get the true value. You just gonna get something. And if that's what you're doing it for, bro, come on. There's whole fucking banks out there. Why you ain't running up in that motherfucker? I ain't promoting bank robberies. I'm just saying. If it's obvious shit, no, you ain't fucking with that. That's gonna net you instant dollars. But even then, I mean, like, I'm not promoting robbery. I'm not. I'm just saying. Motherfucker, take a chance on a black man that's right here that potentially got a few thousand dollars on him. 
hit you in the right then and there. Might take his life. An innocent bystander. Oh, that's the game, man. And maybe that, that was his, her time. She caught her straight. Maybe that was her time. Bro, what the fuck? Like, you can fix your mouth to say, oh, maybe it's something. You don't know that shit. No, it wasn't a fucking time. Motherfuckers can sit there and say that. You can say that on condescending ass bullshit. But I can say, oh, condolences to take off and spam it. Oh, you don't know them folks. Bro, get the fuck out of here with this shit. That's part of the fucking problem right there. Niggas coming on shit, speaking on shit. The petty shit. Like, bro, that part of the shit, that's the part. That ain't in the motherfucking cards. Yeah, but it is in the cards. Motherfucker gonna pull that petty bullshit with you. Just for the fuck of But why? But if I raise up and bust your motherfucking ass for fucking with me. Oh, he ain't had to do him like that. No, 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 bro. That's just like everyday life. It's like you didn't have to come fucking with me. Oh. Niggas in the hood to say, oh, he just trying to hit a lick, bro. Bruh. You come fucking with me and I bust your motherfucking ass. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Now. Like shit. Whether it was intentional or not, bro. I ain't promoting none, no violence, no gun violence, no robbery, none of that shit. I'm just saying. Whether that shit was intentional or not. That shit is fucked up. But why? Why? Why niggas gotta go that route, bro? First, you go the hardest with a nigga. But you won't do that with the other motherfuckers. The motherfuckers that sign your check or the motherfuckers that really force your ass into obedience. Nigga ain't did shit. If he put in the supervisor role or whatever, hey, I'm just told to tell your ass get to it. Don't get mad at me. Like, when it's involving you and yours, oh, you gonna think about you and yours. All right, what the fuck I'm supposed to do? Why you thinking about you and yours? I need me and mine taken care of, too. Or straight. Like, get the fuck out of here with that condescending ass bullshit. So, therefore, meaning you should have empathy, sympathy, or goddamn morals for humanity. Because you don't want this shit coming to you. Why have it coming to somebody else's family? Why have it coming to somebody else in general? Whether you come in with a post 
on their social media posts. See what I'm saying? You watching their posts. You watching what they say. Why you even got to reply on my shit? But we'll do that type shit. That's in life. Get away with that shit and think it's cool. Oh, it is what it is. Nah, bro, it ain't. It ain't. It ain't what it is. Like you motherfuckers. That shit make you <laughs> question humanity, bro. Like niggas, are y'all really human? You a fucking plant, you gotta be. You come here with that condescending, petty ass, off the wall ass bullshit just to get a chuckle or a fucking laugh or some likes. Come on, bro. Niggas hurting. Families hurting. Motherfuckers gone. And for what? Shit got chances out and throat. Say that ain't no problem. I mean, say that ain't no biggie. But y'all wonder how a lot of this shit. Yeah, we can get into it. That's another topic of discussion, but y'all stay tuned, man. Rapper Weed TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike, man. MBMG all day, every day. Post that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell when we got a circle forming. When it's loud, let it out. Circle forming. Because the COVID ain't passing me. You hit that notification bell. We got a circle, man. Y'all stay safe, breezy, sanitized, dangerous. The fuck out the way. And tune to another episode of Rapper Weed TV, the podcast. And BMG all day. I'm like, man, be breezy.